Thank you for visiting our website. We are the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, McAllen, Texas. I have something to present to us, and I have no misgivings at all. This is something every single member of this audience needs. I'm going to take us to a verse written by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 6, and I am fully persuaded what we're going to talk about is relevant to every person listening to this recording. Ephesians 6 and verse 11, this is the place where Paul said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Given everything the Bible says about the devil, we don't want him in our minds or in our lives or wrecking our relationships with God or man. It is therefore our purpose to resist temptation, to apply discipline, knowing the devil is our bloodthirsty adversary who seeks to devour us, that is to say, to take us away from God. However, from God through Paul, it says here, God enables us through Christ, to stand against the wiles of the devil. Obedient disciples of Christ can stand against the wiles of the devil. We put on the whole armor of God, which is the context in this passage in Ephesians 6, and that means knowledge, faith, hope, using God's word accompanied by prayer. But here's what I want to concentrate on. In the strategy of war, it is critical to know the enemy's position, his tactics and weaponry. That works to our advantage, to know who we're dealing with, what his tactics and weapons are, referred to here as the wilds of the devil. If this is a threat against my life and my eternal destiny, I need to be informed. You need to be informed about the wilds of the devil. See, in our world today, it is not the economy that will kill us spiritually. It is not inflation. It is not a physical condition, a political agenda, or some international conspiracy. It is the devil's conspiracy. It is the wilds of the devil. We need to know all about that. Let's start just with the word wilds. The word is variously translated schemes, tricks, cunning devices, strategies, or methods. The devil's intention is to take us away from God into eternal destruction. In his efforts to carry out that intention, he has numerous tricks and schemes and methods to draw us from God, from Christ, into sin. It will work to our advantage, I'm saying, to be aware of the wiles of the devil. So I'm going to use some current terminology. The devil wants to scam us, to manipulate, deceive, and use his schemes to take us away from blessings and fellowship with God. We are never forced to sign up on the devil's side. Though we may be tempted and strongly influenced and persuaded and approached and pressured, we retain our capacity to say no. 
We are not being taken at gunpoint against our will. I want to draw this out into as much practical detail as I can. Similar to military intelligence, we need to be informed about the enemy, alert to his wiles. What I'm going to give you is not an exhaustive list that contains every possibility. This exercise is to cause us to think, to be aware, to watch for the wiles of the devil. Four things. Number one, the devil exaggerates the pleasures of sin while minimizing the true nature and outcome of sin. Of Moses, the Holy Spirit said, Hebrews 11, 24 and 25, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Observe that phrase, enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. The devil approaches us with exaggerated emphasis on the pleasure we can enjoy if we will just go ahead and sin. He is asking us to invest in something with promise of immediate return, but without telling us about the risk, the future outcome, the dark, ugly side. The devil is counting on the fact that we will see only the fun, the pleasure, the joy of satisfied appetite, and we will jump at it, acting impulsively. If you stop and think, if you pause, if you inquire, if you look deeper and consider long-term consequences, you frustrate the wiles of the devil. The devil wants us to act on the immediate pleasure of the tempted behavior. He doesn't want us to pause, to investigate, to think through the consequences. The devil is looking for the quick sale. When I got out of the army, for a few months I worked as a salesman selling stereo sound equipment. In those days it was often called hi-fi equipment, not Wi-Fi. Hi-Fi. The easiest sale was when the customer would listen to some music being played on the equipment, like the sound of it, and buy it on the spot, and we call that the quick sale. The hard sale was the man who, while listening to the music, asked about the electronic technical specifications of the equipment. How long will this amplifier last? What is the maintenance record for this turntable? These kinds of customers were not impulse shoppers. They would not buy just because the system sounded good at the moment. They took their time. They applied thought and discipline and sometimes would go away and do research and then come back and talk about the equipment. I'll tell you, Satan is annoyed when we stop to think when we inquire about some tempted behavior, when we think in terms of long-term consequences, when we study and pray and consider if something is right or wrong, the devil is frustrated by that. He hates it when we pause to consider. Satan exaggerates the immediate gratification while minimizing the true nature of the sin, 
The bait looks good, but when you take that bite, you have taken in the ugly poison of sin. The devil wants you to do that quickly. Number two, the devil sees an opening into our minds through emotions or mood. People have said to me, I knew I shouldn't be drinking, but I was depressed. I know I'm married, but this other woman makes me feel so good. Sure, it's wrong to lie, but I was under such pressure. It was a sin to treat my brother that way, but I was so mad. Now, what's happening? The devil is watching. When we fall into certain moods and we are overcome by various kinds of emotions, Satan steps in to defeat us, to lead us into sin. The wilds of the devil include this cunning ability to find openings through our moods and emotions. Turn to Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Paul said, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. When I'm angry, and I take that anger with me into the next day, and I carry it along with me for weeks and months and years, I might as well wear a bullseye target on my back. The devil will find me and seek and enter into my heart, if he can, for evil purpose into my downfall. I need to use the word of God in prayer to take a careful inventory of my moods, my emotions, the grudges that I may carry, the hurt feelings that I cannot turn loose of, the habitual destructive, negative thoughts I entertain. The devil can use all those things to slowly erode your character, to lead you off into sin, to gradually turn you away from God. Number three, the devil can use people to lead us astray. Not long into his public work, our Lord warned men of men. He told people to be careful about people. He knew the devil can use people to lead us astray. He said in Matthew seven fifteen, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. When he sent his disciples out, he said, Beware of men, Matthew ten seventeen. Jesus wanted us to know this. The devil can use people to lead us astray through words of invitation into sin that may be very subtle, through pressure and friendship and false teaching and subtle influence. One of the wilds of the devil is to use people to corrupt us. So let's listen to this in 1 Timothy 6, beginning at verse 6. Paul to Timothy, teach and urge these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words 
which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. In a situation where there are teachers not consenting to sound doctrine, New Testament teaching, the devil can discover a quick advantage. When men who preach and teach do not maintain loyalty to the doctrine which is according to godliness, the devil can step in through that entrance and seduce many. When we accept, endorse, consort with false teachers, that indifference plays right into the hands of error and the devil's purpose. Paul describes the risk to Timothy, and at one place Paul says to Timothy, from such withdraw yourself. Too much is at risk to play around with men like this who were ungodly. It is one thing to be patient and kind with people who can be saved and are willing to listen to the gospel, but when corruption is evident and men are at work who are destitute of the truth, We cannot just let error have its way. From such, withdraw yourself. The devil can use people to get to us, to destroy us, to divide us, and bring our work together to a halt. Paul warned the Colossians in Colossians 2 and verse 4, I say this so that no one will delude you with persuasive words. Number four, the devil is the master marketing agent. He packages sin in very neat, attractive bundles. The wiles of the devil include this. This is part of what the Hebrew writer warned Christians about in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Deceit. Folks, the devil traffics in deceit. What if someone came to you with a garbage bag, trying to hand you a garbage bag, And as soon as they hold it out, you can smell the contents. You can hear the buzz of maggots and bugs. You can see the leaking liquid. Are you going to take the hand off? But what if someone comes to you neatly dressed with a pleasant smile and a beautiful package, like it was professionally wrapped at Dillard's, matching bow and ribbon, perfectly wrapped, absolutely beautiful, your reaction would not be the same as with the garbage bag. The devil is the master market executive. He knows how to package sin so that it doesn't look like anything bad. This is part of his deceptive essence. For instance, in the lust of the eyes, the devil seeks to present sin to us in a neat, pretty visual package, so that our first reaction will be to look, then to admire, then to want, and then to take. Now, 
Here's where we bring all of this to the point of personal application. When we stop and look at the list of the devil's devices, just a few of them, one distinct impression of this kind of study could be, how can I defend myself against so great and clever an enemy? The odds are against me. And it may occur to you, I need help. What can I do to defend myself, to live right in a world that is so wrong? And here's the answer. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints. In obeying the gospel and in being a Christian, continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, I am receiving and using divine power that I might resist the devil and participate in eternal victory. I've read to you Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. God, through the gospel of Christ, offers to all of us all we need, every resource, not only to defend ourselves against the wiles of the devil, but to take up the sword of the Spirit and wrestle against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. So where are you in this battle? Which side? Can you say, yes, I'm wearing the whole armor of God? to stand against the enticements, to refuse to be carried away by the popular appeals of lasciviousness, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, to live right is difficult, but that's what I'm doing. I'm living right. I hope that's where you are. I hope that's where I am and will stay. God says you can do it. I will help you. I love you. My son died for you to forgive you. I have given you my word. I have supplied you with all the equipment you need. Put it on. Let's be awakened to all of this in this passage and respond as God desires by the activity of our faith in Christ. Thank you for being with us.